Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what's bappin' sports fans? My name is Aaron. My co-host, as always, is uh, Stefan Heck. And uh, this is I Hate This Team, podcast about the Vancouver Canucks um, and how much we love them. Stefan, what's up? Look, you know, we last episode we talked about how I uh, took a sweater off and then put it back on and the Canucks, you know, tied it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of opposite thing here, which is where I had my my jersey on. They, right. they went down four one. I was like, "Fuck this!" I took my jersey off. So the Columbus Blue Jackets. To the Columbus Blue Jackets. I took the jersey off, and they fucking won. So there you go. Nice. Thank you, Stefan, for that. You're so I, yesterday, I uh, it was the Royal Rumble, and I'm not a wrestling guy, right? Sure. But last year, I think maybe it happened during like the All Star Game or. There wasn't a Canucks game for some reason. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I had taken an edible that night. Okay. And we're and we get the the WWE pay per views as a part of like the Sportsnet Plus package. It's just like included in the price of admission. And I'm like, oh shit, Royal Rumble's on. Let's watch that. That's the one it where it's really, like it's like thirty wrestlers and they come in like one at a time. Ring and yeah. then they they come in and then the last one standing wins. So you kind of get to see like all the guys. Yeah. And last year it was pretty crazy. There's a uh, Logan Paul was in it, and so was another dude. Oh, and they was stood it like, on, was like, it like Bad Bunny or something? Like, because I, I feel uh, like he actually was does Bad like wrestle. Bunny there. He's been in there I know, at some point. He, I feel he's like. been in there. I know I've seen him. I don't know if he was in the the Royal Rumble that year. I kind of forget. But but Logan Paul and this other dude, they stood on like either ends of the like turnbuckles, and then they jumped across the ring and like met in the middle and hit each other and fell down. It wow. was like. Really impressive and cool. I feel like Logan Paul is like pretty good at wrestling. I don't really know yeah, wrestling, it seems but like it. it seems like every time I see him, he's doing some sort of like combat like, sport. And... He he puts his his heart into everything he does, and he's yeah. the perfect um, villain for wrestling fans. Yeah, because he's like a because, dumb asshole. Yeah, and like they're the type of guy that's, that's still getting really upset about the Suicide Forest video. For sure. Like, yeah, take photos of them flipping off their TV and tag him in it and say you're a disgusting monster. You should be in prison for life for what you did in Japan. Yeah. Um, and he, he's so he's really good at like drawing the ire of, of wrestling fans. So I think he's probably a good villain. Yeah. But um, we were like, damn, we had so much fun with the Royal Rumble last year. Yeah. We got to watch it again, at least like the the big rumble, because last year it was on like early. Yeah. And so we turned on the Royal Rumble yesterday. It started at like six. Mountain time, so like five Pacific. Yeah. And it goes. And then they didn't do the men's rumble first. They did like the women's rumble and then they did like the heavyweight fatal four way match. And then there was an, another match. And then finally the, the guys rumble. And um, by this time, like the Canucks game had already started. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional um, Vancouver Canucks podcaster. So, like, of course. I had the game, I had the game on my phone. Yeah. And was like watching that and like, you know, 
commercials and stuff. I would like look at what was happening in the wrestling. I was kind of paying attention to both, but was able to get like the flow of the game in the first two periods. Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't good there. So they're down four one after the, uh, the first two periods there. Yeah. I mean, I almost, and, I almost uh, just kind of like stopped watching and then I'm like, well, I'll start, I'll watch. Cause after the second, it was like, this fucking sucks. Right. And I was like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll check in at the start of the third, you know? Might like if they score one goal, they're they're down by two, you know, and this team can score in bunches, and that's like exactly what happened. And that that's basically where I was at as well. I was like, okay, well, it's four one, but like, fuck, what else am I going to do? Like, I should finish watching this game just because, but yeah. like, I didn't have probably I, I, as many I was going to start watching emotions, inter- yeah, as if I'd been watching the game like actually, yeah, exactly. I was going to start watching Interstellar. I was like, I haven't watched this for a while. I'll put this on. It's a fun movie, you know. <laughs> I ended up watching it afterwards, but uh, nice, yeah. I mean, what a third period. That, like a Hell lot, a, a lot happened in that third period. There's a lot to talk about. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't add this. Um, girlfriend also thinks that she is to credit for the uh, the Canucks comeback win, like with superstitions. Hey, there you go. She's a Flames fan, right? Of course. But we're, in our fantasy league, she is she's Demko and Casey DeSmith. Yeah. And so she's like very motivated to have the Canucks win. So she'll be like more on the edge of her seat for this like regular season game against Columbus than I am because. Yeah needs that dub and so as soon as we tuned in she just started saying vancouver canucks score a goal <laughs> and then they scored and then she did it again and every time she did it they fucking scored wow. so i think our our two combined powers of of superstitions there you go did it nice work um, very funny to see elvis merzlikens blow a 4-1 lead after his his theatrics after doing like his Fortnite emote dances after winning a, a stupid shootout the other day. Kind of satisfying, to be honest. Um, also really funny seeing like how much he freaks out whenever a goal scored against him. Yeah. Where he's like knocked into his net and uh, this is like all sprawled out for He's a very dramatic no goalie. I mean, I know goalies are always kind of like weird, I guess. Right. Which is like, yeah. which is fun. You know, I, I like that. I like that goalies have, I like goalies that have personalities and like, I, I sort of, I understand too that like, he must be so miserable there right now, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, obviously he wants out and he played, he played really good in the first game against them that they won. And then mm-hmm. yesterday, obviously like they just sort of fell apart there, but it was funny watching the overtime goal. I think J Pat pointed it out this morning. Uh, if you watch like Wierenski on it, he's just like oh, s- man. standing still <laughs> in front of the net and Pedersen's just like skating, but like he's just not even paying attention to him at all. Um, should we talk about the, the, the five minute major thing? I mean, that, that's the yeah. thing that was like that's the, probably the biggest story. Yeah. Cause I think the thing with that is like, so what happened is that there was sort of a weird play in the corner where Tyler Myers elbowed Sean Corrali in the head, uh, on like a weird sort of follow through. I don't really know what he was trying to do. I don't think he was trying to elbow him. He was just being really careless. I think. Um, yeah, I think it was just like he he should have kept it closer to his body, yeah. but I also don't think it was an intentional elbow to the head. Sure, but it's Tyler Myers. I, I, that's going to hurt. Obviously, it drew blood. Yeah. Um, so it it looked pretty bad. Um, and then right after that, Ian Cole hit. Uh, I think Justin Danforth from behind. Uh, yeah, like right in the numbers. Yeah, uh, which again also kind of strange. Uh, just a weird because it didn't seem like he hit him that hard, and he it was more that he like stumbled over Myers and and uh Karali in the corner. It was a really strange mm-hmm. play. Um, but you know, 
so the refs call it after the Cole hit and Cole goes to the box and then they're like, oh, it's a five minute major. So we're reviewing it. And Cole was in mm-hmm. the box. So presumably they had called it on Cole. And the, yeah. the rule, the rule book states that at that point, all they can do is uh, like confirm the major, rescind it or, or send it down to a minor, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no way to do a thing where like, and that's only about the call that was made and the call that was made on the ice. As far as we can tell, because Cole was in the box was on, it Cole. was on Cole. Although, yeah. although granted to, 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 to play devil's advocate a little bit here, they never said, I don't think they ever said Ian Cole's name or number, right? No, he did go to the box. Sat him down they sat him the down box. in the box. So they so must've said it on the ice, right? You think so? Like that. And, and also because, it started out as a call for interference, right? It was right. a five minute major for interference because he hit Danforth when he didn't have the puck from behind, right? So, yeah. so those two things sort of strongly imply that the call was on Cole, even though they never said his name or yeah. number. And then maybe they were doing like a, a a review to see if it should be a five minute major for like hitting from behind yes, or I boarding. Think I guess that's what it seemed like. And then they realized because uh, I think they saw like the because Corrali was bleeding too, so they saw that, and it was like it was a really confusing thing. Uh, you know, at full speed, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. oh, like totally. that's a hard call to make. And what happened was they ended up giving Myers the five in a game for elbowing. Which is like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a little harsh, but I get it because it's it looked maybe worse than it was. He drew blood. I you know, I I, I can see that being a major, even though maybe double minor. I don't know if you can do double minors yeah. for elbowing with blood. I'm not sure how that works, but it was it was a pretty harsh His face call. Did for look a, pretty fucked up. It did. It's a harsh I think it's a harsh call for a major, but I totally I understand it. it but the the issue is that there's nothing in the rule book, not to go all airbud here but yeah. there is literally nothing in the rule book saying that they can do that they they no. were reviewing <laughs> a call for something that didn't like you can't review a call that wasn't made and Myers wasn't called on the ice there wasn't mm-hmm. a penalty called on Myers so you can't do that now did they end up sort of making the right call like not really because technically the right call would have been calling penalties on both of them right um, yeah so like the Canucks kind of got lucky because it could have been like kind of it could have been a, a five, five on three, three which would have been harder a, they killed that penalty really well they did it was and, like and, a, and maybe their best kill of the I year i think like part of it was the the crowd was really behind them for sure but also just like they yeah. were so pissed off at that stupid call in the first place and they're like fuck this and yeah. also part of it is that like columbus sucks too obviously yeah. but man they like the Canucks had better chances on that penalty kill than columbus did like they looked i thought they were gonna score shorthanded a couple of times they looked really good they looked awesome um, there was I, I saw this thing going around Canucks Twitter. I'm starting to like <laughs> I wanna like when people like mention Canucks Twitter as this big uh big uh I don't know ominous thing. It, it really feels like uh like the Reddit guy saying you got you gotta say it in nerd voice. Yeah. But um it was uh fucking the because they started the the third period on a power play, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the mugshots of Hughes, Besser miller and Pedersen starting yeah and it was like um yeah it's like when you and the lads understand what needs to be done and i mean they do look pretty focused i'm going to show it to you but like i don't know if it looks that much different than um 
whenever they start a period. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, oh, it's I, not like you're usually seeing like JT Miller or the big grin out there. Oh, um, and and Hughes, you can't even really tell because it's like the back of his head. Yeah, um, but I, I do admit that's kind of cool. It is cool. Like, and Miller, when you frame it like that, I'm like, yeah, look how badass they are in their black helmets getting ready to get the fucking job done. Yeah. But if they like didn't come back and score three power yep. play goals and you looked at that, you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, look how <laughs> they were determined. They're just pissed off at each other. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, uh, Miller does. Miller looks genuinely very pissed off there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he looks like he need, knows what needs to be done for sure. But uh, my my point to bring that up is uh, they did have like a really good comeback, and I'm pretty sure oh. they didn't want to repeat the New Jersey Devils comeback from earlier. No, in the year for where sure. They let them score before it got and, to overtime. And, and I so. also feel like there's it's it's a, it's you can't really complain about like obviously the the three power plays they got were like all. That's they. Those were like legit calls and everything, right? Yeah. But like, it's it, you know when you score three power play goals in the third to like tie it up, I feel like we can't really complain about refing too much. And also, no. like, I think my main problem with it is that I know like, okay, this is actually like kind of a good precedent to set, right? If they're if they're, I mean, I know they still managed to fuck it up because they didn't call Cole, but if yeah. they're actually gonna go in and and do reviews like this and make the correct call, even though was it real? But you know what I mean, like. Yeah, like yeah. a call that they completely missed and be like, oh, fuck. Okay, we we missed this one. Let's call this one. I'm fine with that. If that's the precedent going forward, the problem is that's not going to be the precedent going forward because they're just no, making it up as they go along. Absolutely not. So and, and- <laughs> this exact same situation could happen again with the Canucks, with another team, whatever, and it will go a completely different direction. And it pisses me off because Elliot Friedman, after the game, like talked to someone at the league office yeah. and they were like, oh, we just wanted to make sure we got the call right. And it's like, that has never been, fuck you. What are you fucking yeah, talking about? Yeah, it was like, so, so all that matters is they got the call right. It's something like that, which like, I, I guess, but that's not what's in the rule, but you can't just go make shit up. And yeah. I mean, shout out to John Shorthouse as well for being on the broadcast and like having the rule book out in yes. front of him and being able to not find it because it's not there. So yeah, just a very interesting, I mean, again, at the start of the year, I think we've talked about this a lot where it's like, how happy are we going to be to just like actually complain about the refing? Right. Oh yeah. Like it's been, awesome. It, like when the Canucks were dog shit for like a decade, I didn't give a fuck if a, oh, a player got suspended. Who cares? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's awful. Oh, the Canucks got screwed by the refs. I don't, I, that's good. I want them to lose, you know? And now it's like uh, the opposite of I, that, but man, what, that what a game. Too, Myers was fined five grand for his uh sure his okay. elbow to the head, which yeah. I mean seems fair. Like yeah. I that's what I would have expected if there wasn't a the call on the ice and that yeah. just happened and then you notice that the next day or not even the next day, but you notice in the replay and the refs can't do anything. Yeah. But I thought since he did get the game misconduct that like maybe the league would be like, Oh, elbow to the head, let's give him one or two games or whatever. Sure. So I guess I'm I'm glad they they didn't. Yeah. The, the funny uh, thing I'm, the funny thing to me is still that like it was originally going to be a five minute major on Ian Cole by all the evidence there, right? And mm-hmm. then he got nothing, right? Yeah. And and I legitimately think that's such game management by the NHL, and it's such yeah. that's why it's such bullshit to hear from them. Oh, we wanted to get the call right. Well, like and and again, this would have fucked the Canucks even more, right? Because I think yeah. what probably realistically it could have been is five in a game on Myers for elbowing to the head with blood, right? I, I mm-hmm. Again, I don't necessarily agree with it 100%, but it, it makes sense. That's going to get called most of the time. And then right. two minutes to Cole for hitting from behind or interference or whatever, right? Like, yeah. like that's probably what it should have been. And they still fucked it up. And the reason they fucked it up is because they didn't want to fuck over the Canucks that bad, right? They already realized yeah. how bad it was going to look if they if they 
went in to review a five minute major on Cole, brought it down to a two and then added the five to Myers. It would have been a fucking Mm -hmm. disaster for them. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just so funny to hear them be like, we want to get the call right. No, you didn't. You just didn't want to fucking yeah. embarrass yourself. Like, we know how this works, you know? It, it's weird. At that point, like, why not give Cole the five-minute major and the game misconduct for boarding and then let Myers keep playing? Essentially, it's the same thing. It's and, the and, same thing, And right? you're, you're, st- you're missing a call still, but at least it's, like, by the rule book, right? And, like, mm-hmm. it would have been an incredibly soft call on Cole to call that five-minute major, obviously, oh, right? absolutely, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, at least they sort of called it by the book. Like, they got the call wrong yeah. in the first place, but they're following the rule book afterwards. And mm-hmm. in this case, it was they got the call wrong in the first place, and then they threw out the rule book to to make the right call which was still the wrong call and it's just like it's such it's so bush league and I, and again i'm not yes. i'm not complaining the canucks won obviously there's like i'm not complaining about even if they had lost i don't think i would be complaining because mm-hmm. either way there was going to be a long power play there for columbus right it was just gonna right. happen but like i'm more complaining that like you just know this exact situation is going to happen at some point in the next year whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs, and they're going to go a completely different direction with it, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm more complaining that this has set the precedent, but it hasn't, right? Because yeah. we know how refing works, and it's it's just yeah. like such a joke. It, it should be like the NBA where they have to talk to media after the oh, game. We said 100%. this our last episode too. After yeah. the ref should the be whole... able to get suspended, you know? Like, and I yeah. guess they they have been, you know, if if if, it, if they've really embarrassed the league, who was the guy yeah. who got? Was it Tim Peel? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one who's on Twitter, I think, right? Yeah, uh, this is the one that has the podcast with Jeremy Roenick now. Yeah, because I think he must listen radio. <laughs> was he? He was the one on the hot mic. Yeah, he was the one on the hot mic where yeah. he he was basically like it was just game management, which we knew. Yeah, it, it's again such a funny thing for him of of all people to get fired when all the refs do it, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. well, uh, you said it out loud, so you're the one getting fired, right? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> You don't feel bad for him, but it's like uh, at the same time, it's just like it's such a joke, man. NHL, I mean, the big four leagues, right? Like like baseball, uh, football, basketball, and hockey. Even though hockey mm-hmm. is maybe not even in that big four anymore in, in yeah, the, the yeah. U.S., but like the big four leagues, like it's just it's like such a fucking joke, right? Like it, refing is such a joke in all of those leagues, and it's like I think there's an argument to be made in every single one of those leagues that they have the worst refing. You know what I mean? Which, yeah, which is, I mean, I which don't is pay crazy. enough attention to the other major sports to have a true opinion on that. Yeah. It's just kind of like what I absorb from looking on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. I, I think like, uh, I think NBA might be the worst for like game management because they are like legitimately like, like superstars get all the calls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's they kind of do that with like McDavid these days. I feel sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I I think like yeah. It's it's just it's really like and then but then like Major League Baseball, right? Like like the they want to bring in like robot umps because umps fuck up so bad all the time, right? And like yeah, football. That's an interesting has one because you like see it on too. TV and it has the box and you can like clearly tell if it's a strike or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I really do think. It's so tough. Like I, I think there's an argument to be made for all those leagues that they have the worst refing. Like soccer, just in general, has horribly corrupt refereeing as well. Yeah, right? that, like that, that tracks. <laughs> I mean, and and I think part of it is like 
it is it's got to be so hard being a referee right like like in any in any sport let alone like professional like major league sports right like you have there's so much riding on it there's so much money riding on it It, the game is so fast like hockey is so fast now right so Mm -hmm. it it's really like you know on some level it's like okay well it's a really difficult job right but at the same time it's it's also like I mean, you gotta here's get one better. thing about the state of NHL refing these days is there aren't as many main character refs. No, like, remember that great we were, big fat guy that didn't wear a helmet? Mick Magoo. Was that was that Mick Magoo? I think it was. I, I just I just remember how fucking funny it was that there was literally an NHL ref named <laughs> Mr. Magoo. Like that's a little on the nose, I think. <laughs> yeah, 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 Mick Magoo. That was who I was thinking about. Yeah, he was off. Like he was like the the. Uh, the main character of like any game that he refed, you're like, oh fuck, we got uh, we got Mick Magoo refing today. Oh, he died. Did he? Yeah. Oh, in 2018. Know. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah so you're right. got got hit by a train. No, Wait. I was kidding. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I did believe you for a second. No, it. Uh, He's got a looks- long controversies and other incidents uh, page on his Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh, no, man. he uh, he suffered a stroke surrounded by his family. Okay, the NHL later. This is there's a thing with uh, an irregular season game between the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers. I remember this with the Stars up three two with four point one seconds left. Magoo waved off what would have been a game tying goal by Edmonton's Alish Hemsky. I remember this ruling that uh, Sean Horkov had made a glove pass prior to Hemsky touching the puck. And he clearly didn't do it. Replays, however, clearly show there was no infraction. The Stars ended up winning the game as angry fans at Rexall Place littered the ice with debris. The NHL later admitted that the call was wrong, but also fined Oilers head coach Craig McTavish $10,000 for his post-game comments in which he said that Magoo's call was R-worded and that he should be suspended. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah. Mean- I, I, the fine's fine for using ableist language. So I think it was so, a, yeah. It was a different era, 2006. Yeah. Like, was it, it had... Um, what was the movie where uh, Robert Downey Jr. Tropic Thunder, where he did blackface? Yes. Yeah, that didn't, that that wasn't coming up for another two years. You could definitely say uh, the black eyed peas word in in public. Yeah, then, for but, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He. Uh, but like even like even like Tim Peel. Um, Carrie want, Fraser was another Carrie one. Carrie Fraser's like, a oh, classic. Fuck, having stupid Carrie Fraser. I guess that's a reference. good thing that there aren't as many, but I feel I like agree, Don, yeah. Don Kaharski, I remember him, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it maybe is a good thing that there are less main characters because I feel like um, anytime I follow like baseball fans, the one umpire mm-hmm. I know for sure is, uh, I think his name is Angel Hernandez. And he is like just the notoriously worst referee or umpire, I should say. Like of all time, he's fucking horrible. Okay. Uh, and I, I think the thing with, the thing with like umpires in baseball is that they can like, like you said, they have like the the box, right? So it's like you can quantify how good or bad they are, right? Yeah. Um, which is like super interesting and also like makes their job that much harder, right? Um, but yeah, I just it's, I don't know, NHL refereeing, like I, I feel like. It's it's got its fair share of problems, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do think, I think you're right about like the main character, the lack of main characters uh, in refs, sort of making it seem better in a way, right? Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, I think the because thing that just pisses me off all the time and should piss off any hockey fan is like, it's just accepted that it's they call it different in the playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, you should have one standard. It'll never be the case. I know it'll never no. be the case. At least it'll never be the case with, with Gary Bettman. No. Like maybe we'll, when we're in our 60s and yeah. uh, I mean, wokeness I, has taken over even more. I would, prefer, then- <laughs> I would prefer it to be like, okay, like just admit it. You know what I mean? Either, either set one standard or say mm-hmm. we are going to call the game differently in the playoffs. Just fucking openly admit that. You know what I mean? Because what happens now is they say like, no, we call the game the same all year round. And it's like such a blatant, obvious lie. And it just pisses me off, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, it's, it's those, just refreshing to complain go, about refs, though. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully those calls go our way in the playoffs. We'll see. <laughs> Did you see, um, I mean, th- we brought this up a lot, I think, but obviously the Oilers are like on a fucking tear. And it's, are re- they and it's really scary. Uh, granted, they've had a relatively soft schedule. I- <laughs> And and they've got a, diff, um, a harder schedule coming up, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, they've only gained four points on the Canucks. Yeah, no, they they do have games in hand they on the do. Canucks. They so do. like, if they were to win out those, they have like five games in hand. Yeah. Um, no, four games in hand. So if they were to win those out, they would be at uh, sixty-seven points, and the Canucks are at seventy-one. Yeah. So a lot closer. But like, go Vegas. By the point, way, they're, right? they're playing. They're playing the Golden Knights next. Please, yeah, win. yeah. Please win I, Vegas. Uh, Please Vegas. Aiden Hill's back and he's been hot since he came back. Yeah. Logan Thompson's been uh been hot ass. Yeah. But um but in Aiden Hill's first game back, he put up like a 40 safe performance. Wow. Um Yeah. No, the the Oiler I keep trying to watch them because I'm like, okay, they're on this this historic run yeah. and uh, this is a team you should be watching out for. I just I don't see it. They're they're fine. But they play like such boring ass low event hockey with those players on their team. And then yeah. there's they've been playing a lot of bottom feeders and like feasting on them, but not winning in a way where you would expect them to win on this insane heater. Yeah. So you don't win 16 in a, games in a row by accident. Like, obviously, they're a, a good, formidable team. Yeah. But I, I just I'm not shaking in my little booties as much as I, I probably should. And they also have a real tough stretch coming up yes. with a lot of back-to-backs. This, this is what's going to tell us about this the Oilers, yesterday. I think, because they, their schedule on this... I mean, obviously, all credit to them for winning 16 games in a row. That's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, all winnable games, I would say, and like fairly easy schedule. Not to like undercut them, because it's still incredible, 16 games, but it's like it's not 16 games against a but like their record i i think the post you're looking for is their record against playoff teams right it's not very good is it yeah i no i i found uh i saw a tweet i, I want to say jeff patterson tweeted it out about like the upcoming oiler schedule after yeah. the all-star break um where they have a lot of back-to-back games and a lot of games on the road i'm just gonna look up the Oilers schedule myself yeah um yeah after the break well, they play the Knights, and they have a bit more Ducks. Uh, when are they going out on the road? Yeah, they have like a big road trip coming up at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and they're playing a lot more tough teams as well. Like, just compare the two schedules, right? Like, the Canucks have played four more games. So just by virtue of that, there's going to be more back-to-backs coming up, like, in the Oilers' future as well. Mm-hmm. And... uh I don't know the the Google schedule thing is uh it's tough to get a real sense of it. It is, yeah. Where the hell? Where the hell? Back to backs, first, 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 first. At, so yeah, they go on a little. So after the All Star break, six of their next seven games are on the road. Yeah, 
They have a back-to-back Anaheim, LA, LA on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, they have Dallas on the road. Uh, let's see. Where are some more back-to-backs here? They have a back-to-back um, at Seattle, and they play Pittsburgh at home. Okay. And they go on the road and play Boston, Columbus, Buffalo, Pittsburgh again. Okay. Um, That's tough. Yeah. The Eastern road trip where they play Toronto, then Ottawa the next day, and then Winnipeg on Tuesday. So there's a lot of top teams coming up. Yeah. It, really interesting that they're uh, finishing the season. Their fourth last game is against Vancouver. Yes. That's going to be a lot. That, that's going to be the huge. Coach's last game is against Winnipeg as well, right? Yeah. Like there could be serious playoff seeding for um, sure. implications there. Also, the last game of the year for uh, Edmonton is against Colorado. So. Oh, man. Yeah, be the, interesting the, to to track. I just and like I just want them to make. I want the Canucks to make a fucking trade already. I want I want a yeah. new player to be excited about. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they got through the stretch. I'm sure we'll see it pretty yeah. soon. They had a crazy um, January. They they had what one regulation? Wait, how many regulation losses? Did they have just one? I don't think they had any. Did they? Maybe they didn't have any. Yeah. Did they lose any in regulation? They lost two in one in overtime, one in the shootout. Is that right? I mean, they had a fucking insane January. Like, it's just, it's crazy, man. This season is so nuts. I cannot get 10, over how. 10-1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah, because they lost to, well, Philly was December, right? Who was the, who was the regulation loss? I guess I could pull up the St. Louis schedule as well. The, the one on the road oh, in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, before the road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, was the yeah first, they, that was the first game of the road trip. Then they went 5-0, and oh, and then they lost in, overtime, or lost in the shootout to Columbus, I think. Because mm-hmm. they went five one and one on that road trip, which was yes. a, which was crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Looking at uh, so I was on J Pat's feed looking for that uh, that damn Oilers tweet that I can't find. Mm-hmm. But he posted like the record and the Canucks scoring in that time. Yeah, so they played thirteen games, right? Pedersen with fourteen goals and seven assists. Yeah, but uh, looking at the lineup, it really illuminates how bad Kuzmenko and McKay have been lately. They, oh my god, man! Oh. So Kuzmenko has. Two assists in 12 games, no goals. Yeah. And McKayev has three assists in 13 games, no goals. Okay. So, like, I mean, Zadorov outscored Kuzmenko in the same amount of games. Yeah. Um, Zadorov was fun yesterday, by the way, seeing him oh, yeah. uh, toss guys around in front of the net and just, like, cross-check guys. He rules. Who hit... Um, oh, yeah, that was Juleson who hit uh, uh, Fantilli into the Canucks bench. Yeah. On the uh, on the, the penalty kill, yeah. even was it? Yeah. yeah, that was dope. That was very cool. I, we got to shout out our boy Noah Juleson. Yeah, man, I hated his ass when I saw him playing in Calgary earlier this year, and then just like immediately after that, he leveled up his game and just looks like a a regular NHLer. Yeah, and that's a player too where you look at uh like will he won't he Tyler Myers resign? He's probably going to want like four million dollars or whatever. I'm happy with Juleson stepping into that spot for sure. Absolutely. I'm also happy with Chris Tanev stepping into that spot. Yep. Did you uh, did you catch After Hours last night? No, you were watching Inception. Not I, was, Inception. I was watching uh, Interstellar. Interstellar, but I, I saw, I think in the Discord, someone posted that uh, they were like, oh, we got like 70 questions about you coming back to Vancouver. Yeah, no, they, they, Scott Oak was like, he put out a question, uh, call for questions on, uh, on X. And Ugh. Ugh. they... Um, <laughs> If we got 70 questions, 65 of them were asking you about returning to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, so they, they're they like, we're not going to ask you about that, but, and then they tried to like bilk it for the rest, but 
Man, Tanev seems like a fun guy. He wasn't having any of fucking Scott Oak shit, but had like funny answers still. They uh they brought Bieksa in to ask a few questions. Oh, that's good. Which was cute. Um I I do think Tanev is gonna be back in Vancouver next season, no matter what. I think yeah. he, I think he's gonna sign here as a free agent. That seems like the most obvious thing in the world. He'll sign for like a two year deal and basically yeah. be like an Ian Cole replacement. Um, yeah, or or we get Ian Cole slash Tyler Myers yeah. replacement that plays right side, ideally a little bit cheaper because I he likes Vancouver. I would imagine he'll and, sign for cheaper, yeah. Because that's like, the thing oh, is like, with Quinn Hughes, the Canucks like they're are, being competitive right now. The Canucks are good now and they're going to get guys who want to sign for cheaper to to play on a winning team, which is like so, ref- like how long has it been since that's, oh, that's been the case? Since you that know? cheat code was, was able to be oh, enabled. Oh my God. I, so we talked about this a little bit on our, our Patreon episode that came out last Wednesday. Patreon.com slash I hate this team if you'd yeah. like to listen to weekly bonus episodes and support the show and get access to our Discord. Yeah. Discord is uh, the Discord is so much fun, by the way. It's really but so I much would fun. like yeah, I would like to get into the the TANIV acquisition a bit more. Yeah. Because I'm there's the there's the the young boy that watched him play in the the finals in yeah. 2011. And they they showed that as well. And he talked about that on after hours where he was just playing college hockey the year before and didn't really understand like the, the weight of the situation. And yeah, it's, he kind of like blacked out during it. Like he doesn't even remember that much because yeah. it was such a whirlwind, blah, 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 blah. And he was good and then, too. Yeah. And now 13, 14 years later, he's hasn't been back since, hasn't really been close since and just realizes like how big of a moment it was and he wants to do it again. Yada, yada, yada. So like that part of me would love him to be back on the Canucks to go on a, a big run. Uh, I think that that leadership, um, yeah. just his ability to to block shots, how much the guys that remember him from that team still love him. I think it would be a great fit, right? For sure. But the Canucks have a finite amount of cap space that they can work with. Really, they don't have any. Yeah. Like all of these big trades are predicated on them moving Kuzmenko and only taking money back of like a really good player. Right. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe you can trade Myers, but then like you're removing defensive depth to add defensive depth. And I mean, I think all of us would much prefer Tanev over Myers, but I just don't think that's going to happen. And Myers has trade protection as well. Right. And like, why would he waive it? So it'd have to be like one of the 15 teams that he's not on, et cetera, et cetera. So I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And all reporting is that it's not going to happen either. We haven't heard anything around Mikheyev. I assume they would want to keep him just for his, his utility. Like he can, uh, he's, 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 got, he's defensively he's got responsible. Two like years left, right? Two years left after this one. Um, this management team brought him in, etc. I, uh, and he also has the same no trade protection as Kuzmenko does, where it's like a 12 team list. Yeah. Um, so really, it's it's going to be whatever you can like send Kuzmenko out for. Hopefully, get retention from whatever team you're acquiring a player from. Yeah, and and that's that because the Canucks don't even have any like really mid tier salaries that they could attach to send out as well. No, like you're not trading Bluger, right? No, who makes just you're under not $2 trading million. your. Val- they showed the uh, the stats yesterday where they're like the the value contracts in NHL, and it was like how much you're paying per goal. Yeah. And I think the Canucks had two in the top five. One was Joshua. That makes sense. Yeah. It was Joshua and Hoaglander, I think, I want to say. 
uh, were yeah, in the top five, and then, well. and then in the top thirty or forty, they had four of them because I think Suter and and Bluger were on there as well. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, <laughs> uh, a a a bounty of riches. Yeah. So yeah, like really, the only thing you're going to want to subtract from this roster is is Kuzmenko. Yeah. Right. And that would work if you like say they trade him straight up to Calgary, throwing some picks and prospects, whatever, and you bring Chris Tanev back. Great. Like I'm I'm happy to see him in a Canucks jersey again. But I you're not gonna be able to get a Gensel, you're not gonna be able to get a Lindholm. Yeah. Like you're not gonna be able to get any sort of real impact talks top six forward, which is which is what they want. So yeah. I kind of feel like if he does come, it'll be on deadline day because none of the other trades have worked out. Yeah. And they're like, well, we want to do something. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, it would be a, a great guy to have, but I just, I don't think it's going to be as big of a, a button mover. Yeah. Is that a phrase? Uh, needle moving the needle M- needle mover. Yeah. By pushing a button. That's right. That like acquiring, say Jake Gensel would be. Or yeah. Whatever. Right. So I really hope they get Gensel. especially when he comes. Well, you could get him for free. Well, not yeah. for free. It would cost money, but like no acquisition costs come yeah. July 1st. So also, did you hear Friedman last night say uh, apparently Ottawa's interested in yeah, acquiring I, Chris like, Tanev? Ottawa, I don't know. Man, I, the, the stat I saw about Ottawa is that I think they're averaging four goals against per game. Since they made Damn. the coaching change, it's it's some insane stat. I need to I need to find the actual number, but I think it actually is about that much. And they've been so much worse since they made the coaching change. Yeah, because like they fucking changed to like an old ass coach who's like the NHL has moved beyond him clearly, right? And like maybe this is the best thing for the Senators is for them to just completely shit the bed this year, get a super high pick, and try again next year. You know, because at some point, yeah. at some point, it has to work, but. It, again, with them in Buffalo, it just feels like it's never going to happen. Although, in fairness, it also felt that way for the Canucks, and then all of a sudden they're really yeah. good. So I, I feel bad for a lot of these like middling teams right now because you have now the Canucks to point to as a proof of concept. Yes, as to like why we shouldn't try and get like maximum value at this draft, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I mean, who am I to judge? If it works, it feels really awesome. It does. I have yeah. to say. Yeah, but. Then they should have hired like Craig Berube yeah. or something and like really tried to meaningfully shift their season around instead yeah. of bringing in the in-house guy that's a hundred years old. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> got a little bit of breaking uh, NHL news oh, is here. The Patrick line, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is entered yeah. the, uh, the player assistance program. Interesting. Yeah. So he won't be back for uh, a bit. No. Nope. Got a feel for that guy, man. Yeah. No kidding. He's had um, uh, he's had a rough year. Yeah, rough rough like career trajectory. Yeah, trajectory. That was another thing on After Hours last night. Chris Tanev, he was asked about like whose shot do you fear the most? Yeah, and um, he said uh, Shea Weber. Okay, that makes sense. Shea Weber uh, broke one of of his like shin guards once with a shot. Jesus Christ! Like snapped it in half. The, yeah. we- the Weber shot I always remember is when he uh, he shot the puck through the net. I think during the Olympics. Oh yeah, that was fucking but crazy. He also mentioned Lane is like the other shot that is like hurt yeah. him the most from blocking. So Which I can I could see that you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Tanev, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> it's weird because like there's the most interesting thing around the team right now is like who are they going to pick up? How are they going to bolster their lineup? But they haven't done it, and it feels like we've almost exhausted every option. Yeah, there were a, a couple of rumors that were percolating this week. I don't think any of them are serious. Yeah, there was um, Kuzmenko something to Nashville for uh, Cody oh, Glass and Dante. Favreau. But I think the guy who posted that has no connections whatsoever and just posts no, shit. And then I, I was I was like looking underneath the tweet and he's like, well, the Tennessee, whatever the fuck newspaper said that the, uh, not the Florida Panthers, the predators are interested in acquiring Kuzmenko. Okay. Which I could see. I guess so. But again, they're another team where it's like, where are they at in the standings right now? They are like wild card points team? percentage one out of the wild card. Yeah. So they're having another sort of like mid season. Like they're, yeah. they're such a weird, they just seem like they're in no man's land. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Cause they, they made all those big sweeping changes. They got rid of Duchesne. They got rid of Ryan Johansson, but those seem like almost in, like, like leadership guys. That seems like rebuild. Like those getting rid of those guys seems like stuff you do in a rebuild. And then they yeah. just aren't doing that. And then they signed, uh, O'Reilly to, yeah. uh, you know, bring in some leadership. And then that top line's been fucking awesome. Yeah. With O'Reilly and Forsberg is um, like ridiculous. Forsberg and yeah. who's the other guy? I want to say Hornquist, but I know that's wrong. Uh, um, let's see. Who do they have right now? Let's see. Forsberg, O'Reilly. Is it Nyquist? He's been pretty good. Nyquist. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that line's been like fire and they just seem to be like winning games. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you look at those other wildcard teams, right? Like, I think we can write off the flames and wild by now. I think so. The wild, by the way, are only two points back of Calgary with like the same amount of games played. Um, they've kind of pulled it together and that's with Minnesota losing their last two. Okay. Uh, then you got coyotes, Kraken blues, Nashville, LA, and that's by points. LA is like considerably better when you look at like goal differential. Like they're yeah. the only team with a positive goal differential out of all of them. So they're plus 19, all of them. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> they're plus 19. And then like this other team that's in a wild card spot based on points percentage is the fucking St. Louis blues are minus 12. Yeah. Um, I, it's so nice to be really far ahead of everyone. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I saw someone post that if the Canucks play at like Chicago or San Jose pace, yeah. The rest of the way they they will 99% still make the playoffs. Like they're that far That's ahead. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh man, the Chicago Blackhawks. Man, if they the, the thing that pisses me off is that if they come dead last and win the draft lottery, they're still allowed to move up again in the draft lottery oh, like they in, in the next couple of years because it's not just, it's not winning a spot in the lottery, it's moving up in the lottery. Right? right yes. So we need to pray that at the very least, if they get the first overall pick this year, it's because they moved up to get it. Yeah. If they're dead last and get the first overall pick this year, we're fucked because they'll probably move up and get it a third consecutive year. You know what I mean? I, I like that their vibes are this bad, though. Oh, they deserve it. I mean, they deserve, yeah, they deserve like, so much more. They Because this to, wasn't yeah. the destiny that they had with their offseason moves. Like, they would have been in that, like, Minnesota-Calgary range, I think yeah. was the plan. So... I'm happy that they've been they've hit misfortunes. But yeah. back to the thing about, about trade targets. Let's talk about <laughs> Fabro and, and Cody Glass. No, thank you. Doesn't no, I'm, really I'm save any money at all. Fabro's yeah. pending RFA. 
Who knows if you'd get qualified? And then Cody Glass is like two assists in 20 games and is making two and a half next he year. He sucks. I mean, who who, yeah. who came up with that rumor? Fucking Jim Banning? Like, I don't... Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one, this came... I think they're doing the the uh, Erickson Eck bit, but it was with Dylan Cousins. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is like, oh, the the Sabres are going to probably want to make some big changes for the sake of making changes similar to Ottawa. And he's having a bit of an off year, but he signed long-term. He's young. He's really good. I think he will bounce back, but they've they've just had like horrible luck. Like Jack Quinn is out again. He fucked up his, Mm -hmm. uh, probably like his MCL or something yesterday. Um, so he's had horrible luck, but they also just have like so many, you look at their forwards, right? Like you've got, Quinn, who's out, Paterka, Cousins, mm-hmm. Thompson, who I think is still out, Zach Benson, uh, uh, Savoy in the minors, uh, Coolidge in the minors, um, and there's other guys that I'm like uh, Isaac Rosen, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some actual forwards on their NHL roster too. I mean, Jeff Skinner's hurt, but they just have so many fucking forwards, right? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to make a Cutter Goche style trade where they trade for like a young defenseman. But even then, they, they have, like, Owen Power and Rassam Stout. Like, it's yeah. fucking crazy that they suck ass this much still. You know? And, I mean, part of it is just, like, they're a young team. I think their goaltending's been pretty bad. Um, yeah, they definitely need goaltending. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe you entice them with, like, a package that has Seelovs in it. Uh, yeah, well, they have, they have be... Levi, I guess, who should be really yeah, good. But yeah, he's been bad true. this year. But. And it's been bouncing like I, up I think, and down. I think if if you're trading for one of their young forwards, I think it's Willander probably going the other way. Yeah. Because um, they, they would have to be targeting defensemen, you would think. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if you're trading that for Cousins. But again, there's I, mean, I, don't, think that, I don't think there's any realistic no, stuff behind well, and that like, rumor at Cousins all. Cousins has just kind like, of like a, a pretty team-friendly deal. He is on an off year, so maybe you're trying to cut ties if you don't believe he's the guy, but if you don't believe he's the guy, why did you sign him for like eight years, 7 million or whatever? Um, yeah. I, yeah, it would be great if the Canucks acquired Dylan cousins, but I also don't know how they make that fit in salary cap wise either. Yeah. Cause he is up in the, uh, in the sevens unless, you know, Susie's more hurt than we thought he was. And he's going to be out to the playoffs and yeah. And LTI blah, 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 blah. But, uh, Middlestat had a good, not Middlestat. God damn it! I meant Jordan Greenway. Oh, Middlestat! I, I forgot Middlestat too. Like they have all of the, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's a a plethora of uh, center left wings that they have right there. Yeah, but yeah, Middlestat's like that one's that's the one that makes sense. And I said that on the Patreon episode as well. That would be my like big out of left field trade that I think is going to happen is uh, Middlestat and Greenway for Kuzmenko and a bounty. Yeah. Um. Which would be uh, that that now that'd be a trade, folks. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I I think I mean I think Buffalo is going to make a big shakeup trade. I think Ottawa is going to make a big shakeup trade, and I hope the Canucks get in on one of those trades because mm-hmm. they're two desperate teams that are kind of stupid, and they want to just make. I think they probably just want to make a splash for the sake of shaking up their roster because of how bad they've been, right? So if, if yeah. you're the Canucks and you can take advantage of that and get a really good young player, um, then all for you it. should fucking do it, you know. And, and I think philosophically, like there's a there's been this debate in the the Canucks community about whether they should trade their high end prospects because 
Like this year, Will Lander and LaCara Mackey have way more value than whatever the Canucks pick's going to be. Like if the Canucks win the division, even if they're eliminated in the first round, I think it makes them have to pick in the bottom four spots, I believe. I think they'd have to pick like at least 28th. Yeah. And not a deep draft. All the stats about uh, this pick's basically a third round pick uh, compared to like if you had a top 10 pick, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the the prospects are gonna have more value right? it's all like it's also looking so, at the draft and I've, I've been looking at it a lot for fantasy mm-hmm. purposes it's like so d heavy like there's so yes. many if you're picking in the top 15 you're gonna get pro you, you are going to be able to get like a really good defensive prospect mm-hmm. um i will say we haven't really even discussed the possibility of the canucks keeping their pick right but like that's true yeah that'd be absurd it would be crazy but if they did I don't, I think he's going to end up going way higher now because he has like the, the name as well. And he's been really good this year, but like mm. if he's a winger, so it wouldn't make as much sense for the Canucks, but it would be so sick if they picked uh, a Ginla's kid who's yeah, been like yeah. tearing it up and looks like legitimately really good. Like he was ranked early in the season. He was ranked in like, he was third ranked or fourth. Like 20th. Round. He, he was ranked like oh, low really? by a lot of places. He was ranked really low. Cause I think part of it was probably like, we want to rank him lower so it doesn't look like we're ranking him higher because of his name. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so but he's been of... like insane this year and looks really good and has like, you know, the family history as well. And Koivu, yeah. Saku Koivu's kid is in the draft this year too. Really? I, feel, I feel so fucking old. Does it man. make you feel fucking old? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. The, you, know who's, you know who's a like top Nylander, prospect in 2025 is, is Branko Radovojevic's kid. And it's what like the fuck. It's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I I just I feel so old now. But yeah, a Ginless kid would be a lot of fun. But I mean, if the Canucks keep their pick, like they they could get a good defensive prospect for sure. But it's it's just yeah. a weird it's a weird draft this year. Yeah, but it's anyways, really the up. yeah the thing I wanted your opinion on yes. is what is better for the long term competitive nature of the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, because. As we've said a bunch, like the logic of this team is that they're in a window. They have to win now. JT's 30. Hughes and Pedersen are in their primes. Yeah. And Demko's signed to a friendly deal, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So there's like this two or three year window. And what what extends that? Is it a LeCare Mackey or Willander stepping in in a year or two and meaningfully contributing in an ELC while you have the four point whatever Ekman Larson buyout money. Yeah. And you have probably a less efficient JT Miller contract and you're going to be spending hopefully a shitload of money on Pedersen and a slightly smaller shitload of money on Heronic. Yeah. Or is that money better spent or is it, is that asset value better spent trading a Will Lander and LaCara Mackey for a player that's really good but slightly younger and has term and is like cost controlled right i honestly lean towards the second one and i'll tell you why and this is anecdotal but i feel like there's probably statistical evidence in favor of this is that you you always hear about like oh they're they're playing on their elc and they're like they're playing like way overvalued for what their elc is worth right Mm -hmm. and i feel like outside of like top five picks that's like pretty rare for that to actually happen especially for the full length of the elc and you know, I'm not saying like LeCarrie Mackey and Willander are both like really good prospects and I think will be good NHLers. Um, but I don't necessarily think they're going to come in and like blow the doors off immediately. Right. Right. And I think if you can get a younger guy who's, who's cost controlled uh, and is like legitimately really good right now, mm-hmm. I think that makes way more sense for their window to be honest. I agree too. I, and I think that's what extends it as well. Right. Like it's more of a, 
safe bet, I guess, yeah. because you bring in Casey Middlestat, right? You already know that he's good. Yeah. And then you know that you're going to be able to get him for a bunch more years because he's still under team control. Exactly. Versus, I think the scary thing is you give up one of those prospects for Jake Gensel and then he's gone and you don't that, do moves I, in the playoffs. I'm, that's like the, that's the spooky thing, I'm right? Less, yeah, I'm less in favor of doing it for a rental, even a Jake Gensel level rental, if you don't know mm-hmm. that, that he's going to be there for a while, right? And and I think, yeah. I think the difference between, I mean, the main difference between this and like the Jim Benning era is that when Benning would trade prospects and like the Forsling trade I go back to right like I mm. I I the thought process behind it is like of the thought process behind trading a third or fourth round pick at their potential highest value right Smart. selling selling high on them that makes sense what doesn't make sense is doing it when you're in the Canucks situation where they sucked ass and needed young players and targeting fucking players like Adam Clendenning for your stupid age gap strategy, right? That yeah. doesn't make sense, right? But if they're trading Hunter Brustevich at the height of his value, 100% they should be doing that in the situation they're in right now. I right? agree, even, yeah. even if he turns into a really good NHL defenseman, the the thought process behind it and the logic behind it, those are the moves you should be making. Those are smart moves to make, is selling high. Because essentially what you're doing is you are trading a third-round pick for a potential really good player. Let's say they trade Bristevich and a pick for uh, for a, a solid player that can help them now. Then you're trading yeah. a first and a third for that, right? Like uh, even if Bristevich yeah. becomes good later, the 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 value behind it, it it makes so much sense, right? Um and so I hope that they're smart enough to sell high on Absolutely, on some of their yeah. prospects. Uh speaking of prospects, probably close to the end of the show now, right? Yeah. Uh, Vasily Pod Colson with a fucking stormer that last fight, night. That fight was that fight was crazy because he's yeah. fighting uh, the Oilers guy Lavoy, who's like yeah. fucking huge and tough. He's like a big dude and he's tough. And Pod Colson held his own, man. Yeah, he really six four two sixteen. He was yeah. But yeah. well, I mean, Pod Colson's not a small guy no, himself, but right? He, but he seemed small next to him if you watch the fight. Yeah, right? yeah. and like, we all have our, our memories from last year where he. Uh, Got his face caved in, and then he yeah. got sent down. Right, yeah. so let's see what what's he listed at now. Yeah, so he's Puckles is six one one ninety, not small. No, but, he's, uh, he's a he's like a thick guy, but Lavoy is like a legit like tough guy who's like big too. Yeah, so, and yeah. Um, held his own. Fucking to quote Chris Faber in this clip here absolute rocket on the power play yeah he had two power play goals and a power play assist seven shots and a fight is that right yeah i'm looking at here yeah Yeah, that is a that that is how he should be playing in the ahl and there was another clip that dave hall posted uh a couple of days ago so i don't have it like right in front of me but it was pod colson like playing in the pedersen spot on the power play doing like fucking pedersen moves and it didn't result in a goal but he like paused as the defender like went down to block and then was able to step aside and like get a shot on net around him um really encouraging stuff i still haven't paid the 39 dollars to watch abbotsford canucks games maybe i will this week because i'm a sicko and uh there's no canucks games to watch but um i should see if there's there's i was was watching i was watching i mean this is like this is not like super sicko because it's like the two best college hockey teams in in the u.s oh the uh i watched the the, the the boston Boston college boston university uh for for willander for celebrini and because i have uh will smith in one of my keeper leagues and Mm -hmm. man it's there it's college hockey is really fun to watch and i wish it was easier to watch up here because i had to watch on some 
fucking shitty ass Reddit stream that was like not the best quality. Um, mm. But it's I college hockey is really fun. I like it a lot. And I, I we didn't mention this, but um, you know they have like the CHL top prospects game. Did you see they're changing the format? Yeah, so it's like Canadian top prospects versus US. That's versus, a really good idea. Yeah, so it's C- CHL versus basically the USHL. Um, so it'll still be like the same age group. It's not going to be them versus yeah. like college players who are in their twenties, but like that's going to be good. And I also think like the USHL has like caught up to the CHL. Absolutely, if, they have. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a yeah. fun time. I'm I'm excited. Here's something I just just looking up that Pod Colson fight and I saw this on Twitter from uh, David Pagnota. So probably fake, but fun to think about. Habs re- reject trade for Jackeye. The Canadians reportedly turned down a trade for a young forward who is a former first round pick with quote second line potential. That sounds like it could be Pod Colson. Oh, Pod Colson for because yeah, remember the maybe. Canucks were, yeah, yeah. were uh, rumored yeah. into that would be an interesting ass trade, man, because like. Jack I lower ceiling for sure. Yes. Uh, maybe more proven in the, the NHL. Yeah. That could, that uh, could be interesting. I feel like the Habs win that deal probably, but I agree, especially but, the way pod Colson has been playing, but yeah. So pod Colson, um, not only is he look good in clips, but he is, uh, he's pu- pulled up his points per game a little bit. Uh, where the hell is it? 0.76 points per game. So let's yeah. write in that like 0.75 to 0.8 that you would like to see from a future NHL player yeah. at that age in the uh, the AHL. 25 points in 33 games. <laughs> he has an unreal amount of shots. He has yeah. uh, 128 shots. The next closest is Max Sasson with 87. That's what's up. Um, I think like one thing with the Benning era is like obviously everything was completely fucked, but like their player development was so bad. And yeah. it seems like they're actually finally focusing on that right now. And it's, I'm, it's, I'm enjoying it. It's really nice. Putting Puck mm-hmm. down there in the AHL is like clearly the right move. And if he can come in next year, right? Like, yeah. And replace, let's say Joshua signs a huge contract somewhere else, but you bring in Pod Colson and he basically does the same thing, which I think is yeah. completely doable. That's fucking great. Or like eighty percent of that. Yeah, as like and a that's what, younger that's what guy. good yeah. teams do, right? That's what teams like Pittsburgh and Tampa in the past have done, where they just bring mm-hmm. in guys as like next man up, right? And yeah. it's interesting watching a team like Colorado, where they they're so top heavy, right? And obviously they won the cup, but they they completely rely on like guys they brought in by a trade or guys they drafted really high and mm-hmm. their their later drafting has been like total dog shit it's been awful right and so they don't have uh, uh the next guys up that like tampa did for so long or pittsburgh did for so yeah. long right so it's interesting obviously they're still like an insane yeah. good and, team, it, and it's but... like it's it's difficult to like build that next guy up when you're trading those people to compete now yeah but i, I doubt that you're gonna see Bane, Spot Coles, and Ratu, Sasson, Tristan Nielsen all traded. Yeah. Who are the guys that I think are most likely to be able to step in just by like looking at at stats and seeing seeing my little clips on on X.com? Um Ada McDonough still not doing good. Nine points in 32 games. Yeah. Don't don't love to see that. Uh since we last checked in on Hirose, I don't know if he's played a game. Maybe he's hurt, but uh zero points in 13 games still. Yeah. Um Okay, yeah, here we go. They they do have the players that were called back up. So just, I guess, is a little bit of something to think about. Nils Amon was point per game in the AHL before getting called up. Yeah. 15 points in 15 games. He's, he's been fun this and year. Linus Carlson, uh, 25 points in 28 games. Okay. So 0.89. Um, 
Jack Stadnika also 0.8 points per games in uh, nine games in the AHL. Forgot about but, him. I mean, he's a he's a regular on the uh, is he the San he's Jose playing Sharks now? Is he on the Sharks like full time basically? I, I believe so. Like yeah, be. I guess I yeah. can look on the cap friendly uh, depth chart. Yeah, it's crazy see. to watch the Sharks because I was watching the Sharks play uh, Buffalo a bit yesterday. Yeah, and it's wild seeing a uh, Mark Andre Vlasic like out there still. Yeah, no, Stadnika's in the AHL right now. I think. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, that was a good run. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And he's and he's not. Wish, he's got five points in eleven games wish, in the NHL. Wish nothing but the best for him there. Yeah, he should have stayed with uh, with Abbotsford. Yeah, but no, Bane's still point per game. Um, Max Sasson is twenty three, but that looks like it was a pretty good signing. He's like, yeah. like 0.73 points per game in the AHL right now. Um, and yeah, Ratu's doing all right. 0.63. They've been playing Ratu on the wing a lot, and they've been playing him a lot on the third line wing. Which doesn't seem like super encouraging, but he seems to be getting power play time still. So I don't know if they're trying to teach him something specific or yeah. or what, but I guess something to to monitor. Maybe doesn't have the the same sheen that he did last year coming back on the the Bo Horvat deal. But I mean, he's young, right? Yeah, twenty. Um, there's another stat thing I wanted to talk about today, real briefly before we go off. Yeah, because sure. I mentioned I was I was too busy watching. Uh, the Royal Rumble, which wasn't very good, by the way. There was no big, cool moment like uh, last year when Logan Paul jumped into that dude. Um, maybe better than the Canucks game still. But I test, right? I thought the Canucks outplayed him in the first, and I thought the Canucks probably got outplayed in the, the second where they gave in, gave up to regular regular time. Five on five goals. Yeah. But I was looking at fucking natural stat trick. The Canucks... um. 70% of Corsi in the first period, 50% in the second period, only 37% in the third, which is weird. That should be like the most score effects you want, right? Yeah, I know they spent so. a, there's a lot of like uh, power play time, right? Because the Canucks had almost six minutes, right? They yeah. scored on all of them, so it wasn't quite then. And then the Jackets also had their, their five-minute major. Um, But yeah, like throughout the course of the game, the Canucks had 68% of the expected goals. Like per period, it was 82, 59, and 60. 83 if we round up, right? They were like in charge on expected goals. They were in charge on high danger chances. The only thing that they were like lacking in in the second period was like even strength shots for. So maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought it was because they seemingly controlled that entire game. Yeah. Even though they were down 4 1 at one point. So. I, th- I thought that was like interesting and kind of surprising based off of the the second period eye test. Yeah. Damn. I'm uh, uh once again we we get to the end of an episode and we're in good moods. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Oh, one one thing for yes. our our Patreon listeners. So on the Patreon episode, we were going through the Dyson Ice Gala baskets. Oh yeah, and we were we were considering getting Zadorov's post game ritual it, it basket. Was like, it was at like one eighty or two forty or something when yeah. with like six hours to go when we recorded, and it ended up going for uh, six hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, which is you know a signed Zadorov jersey. I don't know if it's game used or not. Game used gloves also signed, and a couple other things too. So I, uh, I get a candle. That. Yeah, I, I I get that, but you know at the same time it's like damn. That would have been that would have been kind of cool, but six hundred forty yeah. bucks. I don't think so. Hell nah, <laughs> hell nah. Or, let's see, is there any really funny ones? Damn that JT Miller one where you get the jersey, the T-shirt, the hat, and like yeah. a thing of whiskey went for thirteen hundred dollars. That's a lot. That, that's that that's Ian, a lot. Wait, the Ian Cole like 
quote unquote eighties basket, which is really a nineties basket, a thousand dollars. I think they just they I don't know if they're juicing them or what, but I guess it's just it's just well, guys I mean, who have fucking. It's an money actual and, it's an event too where people go yes. to and they can bid on it. It's not yeah. just Canucks sickos at home looking yeah. at like Yeah. But another weird one, there was a we didn't talk about this, but it's Crawford's cookware cup. And it's donated donated from Dylan Crawford. Okay. Mark Crawford's son, right? Right. And it's a Stanley Cup, flashy and practical. This Stanley Cup made out of stainless steel contains steel containers puts a creative and unique twist on cookware. Not only will you walk away with high quality storage containers of various sizes for any purpose, but you get to show off your very own Stanley Cup. And yeah, it's just like a bunch of uh, stainless steel cookware slash Tupperware that you can stack on each other. And it looks like the Stanley Cup, which seems like almost like a tease, like my dad is the Stanley Cup and you guys don't. And that went for $220, which for stainless steel cookware, pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Damn. Yeah. 640 bucks for the Zadora thing pisses me off. That, that is wild. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't like get up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get my hopes up for it. The, the Myers one went for 550 Yeah, we weren't winning any of this. Susie stayed around 200 bucks if you wanted some hats and... Uh, Nothing was not, anything signed in that though. There? <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, dog chicken dog treats. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, yeah. uh, thanks, Susie. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like a popcorn maker, a couple, a Blue Jays hat, and a Canucks hat, a towel, some wine, some golf stuff. Yeah, a, a, a rose hip and clay face mask. Well, I hope he enjoys those when he's taking some time hopefully. off from the team to get healthy. Hopefully he's to back get soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. forget about it again, and then he's going to come back in like a month, and it's like, oh, yeah. But he's, the he's team's really considerably good. better when he's on defense. He's I quite think there's good, like a yeah. meaningful upgrade on D when he's there. Yeah. Um. No, no, there's nothing against Juleson. It's just like, he. I, I think Susie is a, a big-time unsung hero. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's been great this year. Anyways, the real unsung hero is you guys, the listeners. Thank you for uh, all you for do. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back, I guess, with a Patreon episode sometime in the middle of the week. Yeah. Is there I mean, a roster freeze? There's no for the roster game? freeze. No, it's just it's, the right, roster well, freeze is just for Christmas. So. All right. Cool. Could well, be a trade. We'll see. Trade one of those guys when they're in Mexico. So Please I have do something, something to talk about on yes. my podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Where can next go? Hey guys, welcome back to another Joe Muller frozen food review. Today I was in my local shop right and saw this Rayo's. Homemade four cheese ravioli, and I'm gonna check this out exclusively for you. Up next, stay tuned. It can't be bargained with, it can't be reasoned with, it doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever. You are dead. All right, guys, so I was at my local shop, right? I saw this product from Rayo's that I've never tried before and these and this ran me a total of six dollars and ninety nine cents Wow <laughs> okay and that's for a 9.5 ounce package and for those of you that are interested here are your nutritional facts and let me see how we're going to cook this 
We're gonna cook this in the conventional air fryer. I wanna make sure it's nice and well done. So here are your cooking instructions. I am going to get this in the air fryer and we'll be right back to give it a shot. All right, let's see what this looks like, guys, in all of its frozen glory. And there it is. All right, I'm gonna get this in the air fryer, get this all warmed up, ready to go. We'll be right back to give it a shot. All right, guys, three minutes is, oops. Got a little crispy crunchy. Okay, guys, right out of the air fryer, it is done. And this is basically what you get for $6.99. And you can see I had a little bit of an issue where some of it got a little bit burnt. That is the efficiency of the air fryer. And I only put this on for 20 minutes in the conventional oven. It says 30, but I cut it back a little bit, still not enough. All right, let me go in here, cut this in half. Let's see what we got on the inside, guys. Not very impressed at all. There it is. Not much in the way of cheese. And here, on this piece, there's a little more cheese. All right, I'm going in, salute. Hmm, the cheese is very, very milky, creamy. There's really not much of it, though. Check that out. Hmm. And it's not like we had blowouts here, guys. There's just not much in it. Hmm. I'm trying to pick out the ones I uh, didn't burn. And here's one. Let's check this out. That looks a little bit better. The sauce, it is very, very tart. It is very sour. I'm not really digging it. It's almost like a tomato paste in consistency. Mm. The ravioli itself is a little bit on the spongy side. It's got a re really, really weird mouthfeel. Honest to God, guys, I swear it. I wanted to recommend this, but I really can. It's really not that good. Not that good for the above reasons. Very, very sour. Not much filling. The raviolis themselves have a really, really mouthfeel, really weird mouthfeel. And for $6.99 for this size package, I was expecting a lot more. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the very best, I'm rocking this out at a rock solid 4. I would definitely steer clear of this. They are um, overpriced and really not worth it. All right, guys, that is a wrap from the home studio in Hicksville. Take care. God bless. So long.